pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 110. Today I'm going to chat with John Level from Warrior Poet Society, talk about proposed bill that would require cops to ask active shooters to stop killing before using deadly force, and discuss the Smith & Wesson MMP 2.0 optic handgun. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and I finally did it where I started the show and totally forgot to hit the record button, and it was about, I don't know, 15 minutes in, and then I was like, hey, John, um... So you're going to hate me, but uh, we're going to have to start all over again. <laughs> and of all people, too, that it could happen. It couldn't have happened to, like, you know, my friend who, you know, I'm just like, hey, jump on the show. I need to record an episode. So, John, I really apologize for that. I'm well, sure. I apologize. I really brought you my A game already. So. I know. Well, and it's like everything that we just talked about was so good. And I'm like, how do I even reproduce that? I, I can't. I can't. You're we just, have we to can't. We're going to. You'll have to settle for my junior varsity version of it. I am, so I'm sorry to all you listeners because, uh, no. yeah, the first It'll part was fantastic. just so good. And now it's like, it's, it's going to be mediocre here on out. That is not true. Listeners, we're going to crush it for you. We had our full dress rehearsal and we are ready to go. We so are ready. Let's all right. Do it. But before we're ready, we're going to talk about Manicore Arms. I was on their website and uh, if you have the Tavor SAR, I would highly recommend the Arclight Pathfinder Tavor forend. So basically it protrudes about seven inches longer than the stock forend. And that is to basically act as a heat protection against, uh, if you, you know, mount a suppressor to the barrel. So if you're into suppressors, I would highly recommend this forend for your, uh, Tavor SAR. The cost is $199.95, but if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off, and that is at manicorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so I'm going to start off. And try to make it sound original. But my Patreons were really excited to hear that you were going to come on the show. Uh, they had questions for you. They were all kind of dumb questions. But then I was kind of thinking, well, what's going to set me apart from every other interview that you've ever done? Because I'm sure that you get asked, you know, kind of the same questions. So um, I am going to be a little generic and ask you just in case, you know, there are listeners that don't know who you are. So for those who don't, um, can you just explain what it is that you do in the industry and basically how you came about it. Sure, not a problem. I run and founded the Warrior Poet Society. We're basically a values-based community, and we use stuff like Facebook, Instagram, uh, mainly YouTube, and all kinds of blogs. And so we use all these just different social media branches to be able to spread our ethos to allow the world to be a safer place. So all kinds of you know, gun tips, home security stuff, everyday medical. And so that's kind of the big idea is to um, make the world a safer place, live for higher purpose. And we just kind of warrior poets, ancient fraternity kind of thing, rallying around that, that, yeah, basically ethos. And so also in addition to that, we do all kinds of training around the country. So uh, do tactical pistol, rifle class, solo room clearing stuff, uh, and some basic tactics stuff around the country sometimes. So that's pretty fun. And we're doing reviews of guns and product and, and we 
we do all kinds of stuff, but that's what we're doing in the industry. Very nice. And prior to this, you were serving in the military. What is some of your like service history? Yeah. So I was second ranger battalion, 75th ranger regiment. And, uh, yeah, that's lots of, um, raids and night vision work. And so that kind of dovetailed into the training industry as I really started out doing some night vision stuff, tactics and low light training stuff. Now I'm doing more of pistol rifle solo room clearing, whereas more it was team room clearing and things. So, uh, yeah, I did military before that. I was really into, uh, wrestling, got into jujitsu and whatnot. So just kind of any kind of fighting throughout my life is just, I don't know. I guess I've been drawn to the chess of it all. So, mm-hmm. uh, in, ended up doing five tours in, uh, five, five combat tours. Didn't spend a ton of time in the military, got out, went into the civilian world, transitioned, did business things, started doing, uh, some Christian overseas missions. And so that was a number of years and then got back into the industry after taking a, a small exodus from it. Do you think that it's hard for the, you know, somebody who's in the military and then they retire, they get out. Do you think that it's hard for them to adapt to the civilian world and to find something like a job that, that kind of meets some of the experience that they've had? Cause I think that, you know, unless you're like, especially if you're, you know, like on the field and stuff, I think that it, it might be a little bit differ, difficult to, for one, have a resume that would, cater to whatever job you're applying for, unless it has to do with becoming an instructor or something. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Fantastic question. I think it, it, it really depends on the individual. There's some factors that are going to make it harder. I've got buddies that, you know, after my five tours, I burned out on war, was sure I was going to die a whole bunch of times. They stayed in and did you know, 22 years. And, and after that, it's all you've ever known. Yeah. So that's a lot harder. And so if your whole kind of over half your life was wrapped up into that, that's all you knew. How how do you move on to something else? And it, I think that's one thing that can make it difficult. However, you're not down and out. I don't like the excuses thing. What I fear is, you know, um resting on what once was, uh, being just basically a museum of what I once did. I'm like, what have you done now? What are you Mm -hmm. doing tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I think all of us need a different mission. And some folks, if a mission isn't assigned, they just aren't able to summon one. Or maybe they don't have, I guess, uh, I don't know, the, the, the gumption. I can't really think of the word to to go out and establish a new mission and seek out new friends without a big upset that they're nothing like the friends that you had in. And it mm-hmm. can be really easy to retreat sociologically saying, well, these, these civilians are soft or no one shows up on time and you can notice all the quirks without noticing all the kind of praiseworthy stuff too. And so uh, veterans can isolate themselves socially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just want to play veteran all the time. And then they also don't find a new ambition, a new, a new, basically a, a, a goal, a yeah. mission. And, and I think we need that. We need people around us and we need a new mission. And so guys that don't establish that, I think just spiral into the past, reliving the glory days. And so 
I think it depends on the individual and the decisions and the mindset that they take away after the military. However, a really, really long career or things that were really, really traumatic or man, uh, some of that makes it harder, which would be an, a good explanation, but not necessarily in an excuse. Yeah, I completely agree. So what advice would you give somebody who, who got out of the military? I mean, just like establish goals, surround yourself with people. Yeah. Quit being such a punk to everyone you meet and yeah. recognize them. like, yeah, they don't have your experiences, but guess what? The world is not going to change and cater to how you would like them to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the world's not going to adjust to you. You need to, uh, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome, just like we did in the military. You need to find the new mission and say, Hey, all these people play by a different set of rules. They value different stuff. They don't value some stuff that you do, and you have to adjust to them if you want to be successful. And success isn't just, you know, making a billion bucks. It's winning with people to have deeper relationships. And yeah, they're nothing like the military buddies that you had, but guess what? They don't have to be. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to be miserable, alone, as a sad dude, just reliving the glory days. You mm -hmm. will be done. All that will be said of everything that's great about your life is something that had already happened. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrifying thought. And I don't want to be, you know, brash, but I just want to. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more to tough guys. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think, I think that's it. Almost like somebody needs to give them permission or say, Hey, man, <laughs> the world's not going to adjust to you and no one's just going to give it to you. No one's going to make it happen. You got to set real goals mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and approach people with a lot of grace. They're going to have to have a lot of grace with you because you're going to look like an alien in their world. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, anyway. I think, I think that's great advice. I mean, even if somebody isn't in the military, I think that's just really good advice to go carry on through life with. Uh, it's important. So you started Warrior Poet Society. How did you come up with that name? Great question. Um, well, I recognize Warrior Poet, even the term is a really, really old thing. You can, you can kind of track that term or at least that ideal thousands of years ago. So it's all over the place, but I think every dude's favorite movie is Braveheart. Some of them haven't seen it and it's just a matter of well, we'll see the movie. All right, great. Now it's your favorite movie. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> We've established that. And at the end, it says they fought like warrior poets. I'm like, man, that's awesome. And, uh, so then, uh, there's another Robin Williams movie. It was the dead poets society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm more so, familiar with. Yeah. I really like that movie as well. But even in like Horton, here's a who, you know, that little kid's mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. It's like, we're not warrior poets. And, and that term is even in there. It's funny how often it, it is popped up. Well, I guess those are the only three that I can think of where it's popped up in uh, movies or media. But anyway, the ethos is ancient. It's an ancient brotherhood yeah, that predates me by thousands of years. I'm just the one who got the copyright in the 21st century. Hmm. So you just decided, so, okay. So you decided I'm going to start a training business. Yeah, no, I was, I guess I was already a trainer. Okay. And I was doing that, but it just wasn't really enough. I'm a communicator through and through. I really actually do give a crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in it for me as well. I'm not going to 
fake some altruism because I don't think it exists outside just Jesus. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's out for personal gain too, but I, I really do give a crap about people. I really do want to help. And it is important to me as a man, as a human, as a Christian, I want to give back. I want to leave the world better. I want to actually help people. I want to make people safer. And uh, I, I don't know. I just have thoughts. I've got, I'm a passionate dude. It's kind of shut up in my bones and I've got to let it out. So I want to communicate for life change. I want to help people. And uh, I just genuinely like people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even like some of my trolls on my YouTube channel, which is outrageous. I, I I just like people. And so anyway, it was kind of more of an overflow of that is a lot of what we're doing as a society. It isn't just running and gunning. It's a matters of masculinity and marriage and bringing up kids and, you know, finding inner courage and conquering fears. And it's a lot of that stuff, which is, it's personal struggle stuff. It's stuff that I'm working on and I want to be a good man, a good husband, a good father, a good friend, a good worker. And it's that stuff of, I think that's all under the mantle of warrior poet, Mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, we are folks who live for higher purpose. We're defenders of people and truth. And so that's, that's kind of just how we're built. And I want to communicate the whole message. And so that's written. You can just hear my passion clicking on where mm-hmm. it's like we talk about guns and military and you're like, no, I, I want to be a better person. I want to, I want to be a good man. I want to make an impact and folks that are caught up in our movement. They're the same way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's, that's what was the, the push to found the society. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What, what are some of the things that you do to keep up to date with your training skills? Well, I'm shooting a pretty good bit. I'm, I'm working, I'm on a pretty good fitness routine as well. So I'm trying to be, keep my body strong and able to protect. I want my hands skilled, ready to uh, protect as well. So, uh, whether it's guns or blades or hand to hand, uh, I'm just kind of being, trying to be the Renaissance man of lethality. I was mm-hmm. just working on surveillance, counter surveillance kind of stuff, uh, medical training. I'm always just kind of going around this big table of different skills and preparedness, trying to be that renaissance man of lethality. And so uh, I would say I want to be really broad in capabilities and train hard to have some depth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just doing it all the time. And I think that physical fitness is super important. And I don't think that that is pushed as much as it should And you, you know, even just recently this past year, I really started to get into fitness and I've noticed just such a difference, just being able to shoot guns. Whereas like, you know, some rifles, they're pretty heavy and you have your arms out there long enough. Eventually they start to get tired. Whereas like now it, you know, it takes much longer for them to get fatigued. And, um, and I think that it just, it could potentially make or break a situation if you were, you know, in a self-defense situation. I think so too. Yeah. So I think I've, I've really been this year, I've really been pushing fitness and being healthy because a lot of people, they'll, you know, buy all the guns, they'll pay for training, but you also have to physically take care of yourself. I just taught a rifle class out in Texas 
and uh, uh, one kid, he was uh, motivated. He was there with the right stuff. Wasn't particularly a big guy. I'll go ahead and say it. He was really skinny uh, in computers and whatnot. And uh, be careful about those guys. Those guys can wreck your wreck your lives. <laughs> right. Be really nice <laughs> to the IT guys. Anyway, he's like, so what are some tricks to keep the rifle up? Because clearly in doing these ready-ups with our rifles, he was getting really, really fatigued. Yeah. And I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, add five pounds here. And then there was just silence as he was realizing, ah, oh, there's no tricks. You just <laughs> add some meat on. And I'm like, yep, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. No tricks. Just add some meat right here. Oh yeah, that's good. That's funny. So, um, I kind of want to branch off. I've noticed that there's an Instagram, there's an Instagram page dedicated to your beard. Is this, do you run this? Do you know the person who runs this? What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I definitely do not run that. I have no idea who does run it. I at first thought it was somebody who works in or around the gun collective. Those Uh guys are, you know, suspicious all day long. So I I don't know. I don't know what that is. But yes, there's an Instagram account called John Lovell's Beard. And so every time I make a post, they just digitally zoom crop out my beard and repost it. But the it was really funny when I first said it. Like, I think the profile was like, "I, uh, John Lovell's beard. I pretty much go wherever he goes." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, then like, and then I commented, and I'm like, uh, um, "Who are you?" or something like that. He's like, "You don't know. I'm right under your nose." <laughs> oh, right under, and so it was really, really funny. So he got a follow, but I have no idea who he or she is. That's funny. Yeah. The first time I heard about it was from Curtis from VSO channel. And he's like, well, look who's following me. And then I looked and I was like, what? They're following me too. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. You got to love the sense of humor that the gun industry has. Definitely an industry person though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You've been the face of a few brands, seen you, you know, model certain like 5'11", even though, you know, on our first show, before I forgot to record it, you were saying that you don't wear, you don't wear flannel, which I was like, "Mm, pretty sure I saw you in flannel. But again, I could be wrong. You said that you don't like flannel. So I'll take your word for it, even though you never know, like flannel is like the new fashion. And with fall coming, you might end up, you know, in a catalog wearing flannel. But, um, how did this like come about? Like you're basically essentially your modeling career. Wow. This is the <laughs> very <laughs> first time anyone has ever put it in those terms. <laughs> and I'm heartily right now, hard pass rejecting it. No modeling career. Definitely not a male model. But it kind of seems like it because you're posing. <laughs> I mean, obviously it wasn't just like somebody, you know, snapped a picture of you in action. Like you set this up, you're posing with the product. So essentially it is kind of a modeling gig. Wow. (laughs) Gone influencer, trainer, marketer. Yeah, but then those things, but that is fun. Yeah. So a lot of people refer to you as like dreamy, you know, even the patrons, they're like, ask him what he puts in his hair. Does he use beard oil? What kind of beard oil? You know, so you're like, I see where this is going. Yeah. All right. So when, when we do YouTube videos, uh, you've got to get a good thumbnail picture. Mm -hmm. And when you have good product photos. So what we do is. It's all, it's really the Indian, not the arrow. It's, I want people to be highly trained, highly skilled 
skilled, ready to defend others. Good gear can really help with that. And so when I find good gear, it's kind of a sacred trust between me and the followers and mm-hmm. people who are tuning in. They're, they're like, all right, John's tried just about everything. And so if he's saying, you know, vertex bags or the bee's knees with concealed carry bags or, you know, wh- whatever I'm, you know, rocking and rolling with of like this everyday carry ankle kit Mm -hmm. for medical, they trust me and then they buy based off that. And so I want to give people the best bang for their bucks. Uh, And so that's one sacred trust I have with them. On the other thing is, Hey, I've got a sacred trust with our employees too. Got to pay the bills. And so, I mean, yay for capitalism surprise, we're going to make some money too. And so, uh, you know, uh, basically being able to, uh, yeah, have show off a, a product well. And so we'll have, we'll do it up right now. Of We'll have videographers. We have a, a full-time videographer and editor. And so, yeah, they make you do a lot of stuff. I draw the line a lot. They're like, all right, just a dab of makeup. I'm like, no, <laughs> away from me with it. But no one has ever put on makeup. They're on like, but John, you got bags under your eyes and your but eyelashes what? need to pop. <laughs> Roger, and I give a rip about the bags and the eyelashes back up off of me with your compacts there. Right. I'm not wearing the makeup and I'm not, I wear no beard oil and I do not spend any time on my hair after I get out of the shower. No product goes in the hair. And it just I'm air dries in less than five seconds. It air dries and I'm done. Wow. And so, no, I am not a model. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh, and everyone listens. So now all these guys like blow me up in the comments. So I feel like all these guys now are going to like hate you because they're like, oh, wow. So he's just naturally, you know, beautiful. Kind of like how if I met a woman and she's like, oh, no, I let my hair air dry. Just naturally looks this way. Or I have naturally like long eyelashes. I don't have to put mascara on. And you're just like, huh, okay, like that's cool. But deep down, I sort of sort of hate you. Well, if your goal was to ask me something that no one else has, that would be it. Leading in with all this stuff, yes, you got me. Um, Perfect. Yeah, very least, good. You you accomplished it. All Nobody right, whoo! <laughs> Little check mark off the old bucket list. All right, there so I'm going to take a break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. Have you heard of SB Tactical? Yes. Uh, do you use any other products? Yeah, I've got. Um, good bit of their braces. Okay. So I was just on their website, saw the CZPDW and it's made for the CZ Scorpion Evo pistol. It's really cool. You can adjust it three positions and it'll fold out, fold in. So it makes it really compact. And that actually kind of brings me into a question that I'm going to ask you next after this. But if you guys want to check it out, go to sb-tactical.com, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that will get you 15% off. And that brings me into a question. Um, what are your thoughts on like a PCC SBR? Do they still have a role? And I know that you mentioned the Vertex bag, you know, uh, where those a lot of those bags are made where they can easily carry a pistol caliber carbine or an SBR. Sure. So a pistol caliber carbine and... SBR and then an AR pistol are kind of three different things for me, which all kind of look the same and run Mm -hmm. into each other's space. Mm -hmm. So a pistol caliber carbine is like a, you know, rifle or AR pistol, as some people say, but it's in a pistol caliber. It's, Mm -hmm. and for me, they're fun to shoot, but I kind of missed the point on them a good bit of kind of like, man, it was already a big platform. 
you could have had far more range and far more lethality if you'd kept it as a rifle round. Why did you do that? To me, it's like taking an F-250 and putting like a Ford Fiesta motor in it. It's like you got this big framework and then it was this tiny round comparatively. And so why would you do that? Mm -hmm. There are a few reasons. One is save ammo on or save uh, money on ammo. ammo. Mm-hmm. Another thing is they're just really fun, or maybe you got a kid that's into shooting and you wanted a little less recoil and a little less noise, or you wanted to put a can on it. So, uh, you know, to silent or to suppress the sound. And so those are some reasons, but pistol caliber carbines, I don't own any of them. All my big guns shoot big gun big boy ammo. And so that's usually what I go for. Hmm. SBR is interesting. And and there's the AR pistol Mm -hmm. or there's the SBR. And Mm -hmm. the big difference between the two, the, the AR pistol basically has one of these like little SB pistol braces on it. And people Mm -hmm. are putting it in the pocket of their shoulder to shoot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people have asked, Hey, well, why even do an SBR and get the whole stamp and then wait the long amount of time. Mm-hmm. And there's just not a lot of reasons to have an SBR while you can have an AR pistol. Excellent. There are yeah. some, but man, it's kind of like, I don't really see much of the point unless the ATF backs mm-hmm. off on the rule regarding what you can and can't do with an AR pistol. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of my big thoughts on PCCs, SBRs, and AR pistols. Do you think that it has its role, you know, for like self-defense? Like as far uh, as talking about a, a short barreled pistol caliber mm-hmm. carbine, uh, not the pistol caliber, just, just an AR pistol. Yeah, of course. I, I really, if you're shooting for home defense or around vehicles and you, you really expect all your engagements to be either up close or out to kind of 200 meters, absolutely chop inches off that barrel. Try not to go under 10 and a half ish, 11 inch barrel as every inch you cut off that AR, you lose about a hundred feet of velocity mm-hmm. uh, off your round. And then there's kind of a ballistic terminal ballistic fall off when you get to around that mark. So as long as you stay around 10 eh, ish, 11 inches, you're fine with a AR 15 chambered in five, five, six or two, two, three. If you got something different, like a 300 blackout, you can cut the barrel down because it's burning the powder fully in a shorter length. And so, yeah, in short, absolutely. Uh, I have a whole bunch of AR pistols. Love them. For driving around corners, through doorways, having a little less length Mm -hmm. makes the rifle a lot more maneuverable. Uh, For my wife, her favorite home defense gun. It's by her bed when I, especially when I'm away on business, she sleeps with it beside her bed and it's an AR pistol. I think it's something like a 11 inch, but it makes it easier for her to hold, to control. It's easier to get it around doorways, not banging into stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a great one. If you want to shoot stuff out 500 meters or something, man, I really want a 16 inch barrel now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Yes, I think they're certainly relevant. I just personally, not a huge fan of pistol caliber carbines, though others are. I don't judge them. I get it. I Mm -hmm. really do. I get it. And if a CZ Scorpion falls in my lap, I'll shoot it and I will like it. Yeah. Uh, But um, I'm not going out. I I don't care that much. I think it'd just be for the novelty, for the fun. Sure, you could stack bodies with a Scorpion. Absolutely. I'd just rather do it with a a rifle Mm -hmm. uh, round. Yeah. 
Yep. All right. So if a zombie apocalypse happens, get a rifle round, not a pistol round. Noted. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Zombies just changed everything, and I need to know what kind of zombies. I know, are right? I am legend zombies are very different than walking dead zombies. Absolutely. I so uh, you, don't, don't make the novice mistake of lumping all zombies in the same category. They wouldn't appreciate that. Either. I know. I know. Uh, speaking of zombie apocalypse, are you into prepping? I would say I'm, uh, I'm into preparedness. Okay. So a lower case P prepping mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so the problem when you say the word prepper is everyone's like, whoa, whoa, it's almost like saying conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, without getting into all of that of, Hey, I think it's a really good idea to be really prepared for whatever happens. There's somebody. I've heard it said, I don't know where this came from, but I believe it, it, though it's anecdotal. It's we're all nine meals away from absolute anarchy, Mm -hmm. nine meals away. If like when the fridge and pantry are empty and you can't get food, what would you do or what wouldn't you do to feed Mm -hmm. your starving kids kind of thing of like, man. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not chicken little going outside thinking the sky is falling. I'm not recording from my underground secret layer bunker, <laughs> though I would love a secret <laughs> underground bunker. I would love that. I just, you know, I, I've got, I've got lots of food supplies that will last mm-hmm. a long time. Me and my family could live very comfortably on our food. We've got tons of ammo and guns, survival stuff, of tents and sleeping bags and water purification. And we've got lots of emergency preparedness stuff. We've got our plans and bug out bags and stuff, but it's something I kind of build in layers, comms, night vision, mm-hmm. body armor. It's something that I build a little bit at a time over a long bit of time, but it don't let it distract us from, Hey, we're just normal people ish living lives. And I think it's far more important that you have good life insurance, health insurance, you pay your bills, you have some savings, you don't go in debt. And so when the preppers all of a sudden see the zombie apocalypse unfolding tomorrow, I think the proclivity is to blow their entire retirement nest egg Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and button down the hatches and I'm just not in that camp. Not right now. Yeah. Uh, though I do read some scary writing on the wall, mm-hmm. especially now with Beto O'Rourke being a just human wasteland of stupidity on the gun confiscation kind of stuff of like, Hey, you start talking about that all of a sudden, some of these preppers really start some of the, yeah, <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. I'm like, man, that would be just terrifying, terrible. I agree. Uh, if they actually went through with something like that, and that's a whole different conversation. But I'm just saying. But what do you think? What do you think the future does hold for our gun rights? Because it is definitely a scary time. Oh, man, so I don't know. You know, like I remember this senator named Barack Obama and he was running and he refused to put his hand over his heart for the pledge of allegiance. Mm -hmm. And he, he made a big issue on, he wouldn't wear the American flag pin that everyone else did. And I was reading that and I'm like, Barack Obama is his name. I'm like, Oh yeah. Right. Like this guy won't put his hand, won't honor the pledge of allegiance or the flag of like, obviously this guy will never be president. Mm -hmm. And then he was elected twice. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, all right, well that, that shows me what I know about esteeming what public opinion is and 
predicting the future of like, I did not see that coming. And I think I gave America just way too much credit. Yeah. And so with, with all of this stuff, man, I don't know how it'll come to a head, but I do think that once a layer of government bureaucracy is added, once they get a little bit more power, if it doesn't really ever seem to unwind, there was reformation, there was revolution. And then out of it came the freest nation that had ever been conceived of in the in the minds of men. And ever since that big initial bump, and don't, this doesn't look like a nice ascent or descent. It's kind of like a scatter graph that trends downward. So when I say this, take it with a grain of salt. Don't look at the years. Look at it over the course of 10-year increments. It seems like when we add bureaucracy, government gets bigger, our rights get smaller. That never really seems to back up as we are less free now than we've ever been, Mm -hmm. though we're still more free than every other nation on earth. It's we are losing freedoms more and more as the government machine continues to get bigger and bigger. And eventually that kind of comes, I don't know, I think that comes to a tipping point where either their ultimate control, which is fascism tyranny. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to back up. And all this bodes very badly for the First and Second Amendment. Absolutely. I don't know whether the American people have the historical wherewithal, uh, the maturity, uh, the character, and the courage to understand, appreciate, and fight for the First and Second Amendments. Maybe we don't even deserve it. Uh, I, well, let me back up. We do deserve it in the sense that it is an unalienable right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, endowed by our creator. And so absolutely we should have it. I was more of thinking that Benjamin Franklin quote when I just said that of those who oh, – help me out, Ava – uh, those who find out there, I shouldn't have even started to try to, uh, try to quote it. So I'll just paraphrase the sentiment instead. But when people will buy security by giving away their freedoms, deserve neither security nor freedom. And that's what I meant by it. Uh, says, we deserve the first and second amendments because we're human endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. But I don't think we have the maturity for it. And I think polit- politicians will create crisis to capitalize on those problems. Mm-hmm. So the quote is, uh, they who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That was the, that was the thrust of what I was trying to say. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, well, just, you know, quick little Google search. Gotta love technology. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified because when you were like, we don't deserve the first or the second, my eyes got big and I was like, all right, well, the show is over. This is where we end it. (laughs) (laughs) I realized how, how, yeah, I'm a huge uh, advocate of first and second amendment. Yeah. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. We deserve it as that we are humans, but Mm -hmm. in that, yeah, anyway. It's definitely scary times. And then kind of wrapping up, what are your future plans? Sure. So we're going to keep driving on, just trying to grow the gun culture. Uh, we want people to be, you know, thoughtful, heartfelt, uh, ready to defend. And so we want more warrior poets absolutely everywhere. And that means lots of training, lots of videos and, uh, doing lots of blogs, just wrote another blog on our website today. So anyway, uh, it's just more of what we're doing. We're going to stay true to our mission. So very nice. And where can listeners find you on the internet? 
Sure. Type in John Lovell or type in warrior poet and, uh, you'll, that'll take you to our website or you'll see our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe there. So really YouTube and our website. So, uh, anyway, we've got a supply co as well filled with all kinds of goodies that I recommend and like and use. And so, uh, anyway, yeah, that's it. Very nice. All right. So do you have, uh, just a few more minutes to hang out and do the rest of the show with me? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to talk about Sportsman's Guide. Um, I think you're familiar with Sportsman's Guide. Right now they have a bunch of sales going on. And if you spend a certain amount or if you buy certain products, you will get a $25 to $100 gift card with every purchase. And uh, if you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you'll actually get 20% or I'm sorry, $20 off $100 or more. And that is at sportsmansguide.com. Stupid. Funny. Cool. Interesting, awesome, as never mind. AF. I just read this article and I wanted to share it because I don't think a lot of people saw this, but basically there's a new bill that is proposed and it could force cops to ask active shooters to stop killing before they take action. And this bill was introduced by Lacey Clay and Ro Khanna. And basically they... I mean, it's just, it's insane. I could, at first I was like, oh, well maybe, you know, so that they don't end up shooting the wrong person because I've always taught in my classes, like if there's an active shooter, let's say you're in the mall and you, you know, you decide to stop this active shooter, you're going around the mall, you see somebody with a gun, you automatically assume that's the shooter. Well, it could be another concealed carry permit holder. So that's kind of what I thought that maybe this law kind of had to do, but it does not. Basically they were saying that officer involved shootings are statistically unfair affecting a greater number of minorities and their new bill would put a stop to it. So they're saying that 25% of African Americans are fatally shot each year by police and that if police, you know, just basically gave them a warning before taking action, even though these people are already armed. And so anyways, the Federal Law Enforcement Officer Association President Larry Cosme said in a press release that not only is the cause for the legislation unfounded, but the representatives actually have their figures wrong, causing members of the law enforcement agencies across the U.S. to wonder if um, if they did any research before authoring the bill or just decided to move forward with it based on politics and pushing a narrative. So, yeah, this is like a pretty dangerous proposed law. And I think that like at this point, I would hate to be a police officer. It definitely isn't. It's it's like a a tough time to be a police officer. And I understand that there's good and bad people in every industry. But it's you know, I mean, if somebody's armed, you don't want to you for one, you want to stop that armed person before they kill anybody around them. But you also want to make sure that the police officer is also protecting their life. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, my mind immediately went to the tactical problem, changing rules of engagement. I'll say ROE. If you change somebody's rule of engagement, uh, so I imagine active killer is just roaming around, stacking bodies, murdering people. An officer announces and says, hey, stop killing people. Oh, well, already, he's met, you know, already the legal requirement is there mm-hmm. for justifiable use of force. He already has it. And now making a step where he has to give away his location and to make sure he is heard. Now the shooter can see that and gain opportunity to kill the, maybe the only real chance that those people have of 
tactically speaking, this is absolutely outrageous and untenable. And if mm-hmm. you make this ROE, then these sweetheart bureaucrats that don't understand a fight and they don't understand ambushing predators and they don't understand action versus reaction and uh, Boyd's OODA loop and they don't understand any of this stuff don't realize that when you change an ROE to tie the hands of the protectors behind their back, when they fail, they may be failing because your stupid legislation made it so mm-hmm. by giving the tactical high ground to the bad guy. And now their blood is on your hands and you're so ignorant. You have no idea that you're, you just literally kill more people. Absolutely. Say your, your cop says, Hey, stop killing the kids. And then the bad guy says, okay, I'll stop as he turns his gun, shoots the cop who has given away his location now and got close enough to speak and announce over the enemy's gunfire. And, you know, now the protector dies and then the bad guy goes on and kills more people. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'd say it tactically. Though yeah. I want to even, now that I immediately the tactician jumped in and says, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. But even so, I would want any case study saying, you know, since they talked about active killer specifically, when has a uh, active killer who had already engaged in the murderings been put down unjustly by a cop. Absolutely. Has that ever happened? Ever happened? Mm-hmm. And if it's never happened, why are you making legislate? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And first off, no, you don't give these people, uh, you know, they, they had their chance. You kill a bunch of little kids. You, yeah, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You are going to get extricated from the planet as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, yeah. and a third thing is under stress uh, and fear. I don't think a cop could even possibly do that. And then when they don't do that and surveillance cameras see that, well, now you made every cop a uh, criminal that does that. And it just the whole thing is so stupid. I'm it tired is. of even poking holes in it. I know. This is just a bunch of leftist lunacy. I it just, it won't work. It's terrible idea. It's a problem or it's a solution seeking a problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Q and A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. So today's question is, if you were bread, what kind of bread would you be? And I have no idea. I guess, I mean, my favorite kind of bread is probably the most unhealthy type of bread, which is like kind of like Italian where it's like crusty on the outside and like super fresh and soft on the inside. So it'd be like white bread, which is totally bad for you. But yeah, I mean, I've got, I don't have a creative answer to that. John, what do you have? <laughs> this is the dumbest question. I this know. I know. The worst question. I know. Fantastic. Way to go. I'm I sure this re- is a question you've never been asked before either. <laughs> no, I haven't. So my first, my, my first thought was, oh, let's go something that'll make my wife proud. Some seven grain wheat bunny food bread right? <laughs> isn't even really real and it's really healthy and everyone hates it. So my first thought was that, but then my thought was I immediately thought of McDonald's and I know it's unhealthy, but McDonald's food lasts forever. Have you ever dropped mm. a French fry in between your car seats? Yeah. And then and like it? six years later you find it and you're like, Hey, there's that French fry. And it's still and it, like not even like moldy or anything. Yeah. It hasn't changed at all. The, the, so it's the prepper way. side of you that's thinking about this See, answer. 
See that that the key to immortality is become a piece of McDonald's bread. You'll right. you'll have you know the nuclear holocaust will come and there'll be just a bunch of ash ro- uh, roaches uh-huh. and some McDonald's bread and fries. And so I'm going to live forever. <laughs> so uh, that's a good answer. It's a dumb answer to a dumb question. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All right, so enough about bread. Let's talk about Palmer 80. Right now, they have P80 9mm frame parts kits with the complete trigger assembly for just $50, but you're not going to pay $50. That's because you're going to use that code GUNFUNNY, and that will get you 15% off. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to Polymer80.com and check them out. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So have you had a chance to shoot the Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 with the optic already mounted on it? No, just the 2.0, but not the uh, not anything with an optic. Um, I just looked at it. I'm looking at it right now, actually. It's pretty nice, but um, I mean, so what did you think about the 2.0? 2.0 is awesome. Love the gun, recommend it all the time. I'm more of a Glock 43 guy, but mm-hmm. typically, especially with gals, but even dudes that are uh, just, Hey, I don't want to carry a big gun. I'm tucking in shirts or want comfort. I'm in an office. I'm like, all right, great. One of three guns, SIG 365, Glock 43 or shield 2.0. And mm-hmm. I prefer the 43 mm-hmm. shield 2.0 is awesome. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, the optic though, I believe it is not an adjustable led. It's not. It, so you can't adjust it. So that's lame. And yeah. And then some lighting conditions, you will probably will not be able to see your dot. Absolutely. Uh, And in many others, you'll be good to go. And I love optics on guns. So this looks like pretty darn good solution. Uh, almost there. Not quite. Well, and then have you seen the price? So suggested retails $826 for essentially a shield. And the optic doesn't even have a brand. Like it's not, at first I thought maybe it was Crimson Trace. It's not, I have no idea. It's like an off brand. So for all you know, it's just like from China and they threw on something and you know, I haven't, I haven't heard of anyone having issues with it. It worked well for me when I did my review, but I just think that the cost is a little absurd for what it is. And it's a four MOA dot. Uh, yeah. I really. Dot should be one, two, three MOA, mm-hmm. four is, uh, it's getting better. Some people love their eight MOA dots or six and that's fine. I just think if you want a hotter dot, then just dial up the intensity and guess what? The dot appears bigger, mm-hmm. but when you dial it down really small, you can make more precise shots and mm-hmm. I don't believe you pick up a bigger dot faster than you do a smaller dot. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 prefer a smaller dot for him always okay i just like it a little bit smaller yeah anyway i think this is a good step in the the right direction because i really like subcompact guns and i really like optics and so this is a no-brainer 826 seems a tad high but i i think i'd still buy it yeah i'd buy it i I just want to know i would want to try it in all the different lighting Mm -hmm. uh, situations like if i had light coming from behind me or a little bit ahead of me and then how's it work kind of in the shadows where am i going to present my gun and see nothing Mm -hmm. in which case you just switch to your irons and you'd be a-okay so that's why i think i'd still buy it i'd like it a little bit cheaper Mm -hmm. but 
Well, anyway. and it's a suggested retail, so I'm sure you can get it cheaper at gun stores and stuff, but it's, I think it would be a good option if, you know, you didn't want to be bothered picking out an optic. You just wanted a gun that came with it, ready to go, and just right out of the box it shot well, which it did for me. So if you guys right, want to. I just, I don't know how to mount an op. Right now, the market is flooded with optics for com- or compact and bigger size guns, but for the subcompacts, there's not a lot of players right now even making optics and mounting them to subcompacts. So mm-hmm. I would love that to be, but we're, I think it's early and everyone's going to start and then that's going to be really, really great. But this looks like a very first kind of entry. I mean, I've seen a few guns with optics on them that were subcompacts, but right now the market is ready for them. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So we are going to read some iTunes reviews. All right. So first iTunes review is from Danny underscore 2013, five stars. Great show. I came across your YouTube videos and podcasts a few months ago. I enjoy your professional approach to inform without overselling your looks. Indeed, it's a highly appreciated hallmark of of sophistication. There's nothing wrong with being attractive, but it's your professional. Okay. Wow. I can't even talk today, but it's your professionalism that sets you apart. It speaks volumes about you and should make your parents proud. Well, thank you. My only suggestion suggestion is to incorporate in your shows more topics that may appeal to new audiences like prospective gun owners or new gun owners. A great example is the case of Texas girl that fought off five assailants with her gun. I am sure that many would find tips about what to do in the case useful or what guns to buy from a woman's perspective. Alternatively, an interview with Operator Tickles, <laughs> uh, my dog, about what it is like to be famous will be good. I'm a veteran who has experience with guns, but I'm also a businessman that sees a market opportunity. Love the show. Keep it up. Best Daniel from the Sunshine State. Thank you, Daniel. That's really sweet of you. And the second review is from Tiggity3816. Five stars. Awesome show. I've been following you on Instagram for a while now and just listened to my first podcast. Way to keep up with awesome content and keep us entertained throughout the episode with relevant content and great hosting skills. And you know what? Normally, John, I would have you pick a winner, but I'm just going to pick both of these winners to win a awesome prize pack. So both of you guys go ahead and contact me just because, you know, I'm feeling generous today. All right, we're going to start wrapping up. So if you guys want to find me, just go to gunfunny.com. There's links to all the social media, my two YouTube channels, iTunes, iHeartRadio. And if you can't get enough of the show or me, um, you should consider becoming a Patreon. So we're always having a lot of fun on our Patreon-only Facebook page, but and that's only a dollar a month. But if you want to pledge more, you want to support the show. So all of the funds that are donated through Patreon goes back to the show. It helps me to afford an editor who is Kenny Ortega. Definitely would not be as successful without his help. And we're always giving away like cool stuff. So even like $5 gets you entered into our monthly raffle to win cool stuff. Balone Deadline actually met up with us and he said that, you know, every month he's going to give a lucky Patreon $300 worth of a Cerakote job, which pretty much $300 pays for the entire Cerakote job. So if you guys aren't familiar with Blown Deadline, he's basically the Cerakoter of the gun industry. His stuff is everywhere. And you probably have seen it. In fact, I'm not even going to say probably you, you have seen it. You just may or may not have known who did the job. 
And then I also wanted to thank our $25 Patreons, and that is Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Silencer Shop, Joe Lyons, and Charger Arms. And our king of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that while learning CPR, Operator Tickles brought the dummy to life. Um, all right, guys. So if you want to become a Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny and, uh, and we'll see you on the other side on the, in the Facebook group. And then one last thing, tack pack giveaway. I'm still giving away a tack pack every month. We are coming down to the end of the month. So I would highly recommend head on over to gunfunny.com forward slash TP enter your name, your email address. And at the end of the month, I pick a lucky winner to win a box. Otherwise, just head on over to tackpack.com and use the code gunfunny and you will receive a free ABKT knife with your first box. They're always, uh, they have some pretty cool boxes. It's $50, but they guarantee at least $100 of merchandise inside that box. John, I wanted to thank you for your time today and just remind listeners once again where they can find you. Thanks so much for having me on. I had a great time. I got a little bit more political than I normally do. So <laughs> maybe forgive me if I got a little passionate and a little bit uh, I think reckless. Hopefully not. No, I don't think you were reckless at all. And I think that you said what needed to be said. And I think that a lot of people out there need to, you know, kind of wake up. And because I think we're just we're still just kind of sitting around taking a lot of these rights for granted. So I uh, I agreed with everything that you said. Very good. Well, folks can find me. Just type in John Lovell or Warrior Poet in Google or whatever your search engine is, and that should land you at our website. That's warriorpoetsociety.us uh, or our YouTube channel is Warrior Poet Society. So, uh, yeah, check us out. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we are out of here. Thank you. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.